Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my God, yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Hey, welcome to our show, Queer Nundrum. I am your host, Holly Greystone. Hi, I am your other fabulous host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. <laughs> uh, today we are going to be talking about queer growing pains in the television landscape. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, Holly, what is going on in your life? <laughs> just, you know, just the, you know, the, the highlights, the, the highlights. Well, last, last. <laughs> the shadings. The shading. Yeah. Well, I won't go into all the depths of it, but I'll, I'll go over just the highlights. Last week, we didn't do our podcast because I was unexpectedly terminated from my position. Um, The organization cited that they were just going to be going in a different direction and decided that that did not include me. And I know, I know it. I will, you know, you go through all the emotions. It was unexpected and I was upset and I'm at this, I just had this very interesting phase in my life that I just, I'm really enjoying where I'm just, I don't react. I'm just not reactive. You know, it's like a younger me would have been crying or upset or something, right? I was but you're ups- old now. I'm old. I'm old. I hit that 4-0 and I'm like, nah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I was upset. I was hurt. I'm disappointed um a surprise you know I ran through the whole suite of emotions but I didn't you know I didn't go out and like make all the calls and do all the you know all the emotionally responsive things that a younger version of myself might have done I reflected on it I looked at you know looked back on on the things that you know led up to that decision and in my opinion it wasn't justifiable like just end of the day I just didn't feel like that was a justifiable decision it's a, a fairly new organization that's still getting its feet under itself. The board is a is supposed to be a working board based on, on the program design, meaning they the board members are doing six to ten hours a, a month outside of just the board meeting itself. Um, and it takes a year for a new executive director to get their feet under them, especially when the organization itself doesn't have policies and things in place so there's a lot of foundational pieces that needed to be uh worked on and i was given a lot of tasks to work on and and that's great and and it's a strength that i have um which made it very difficult to be looking at a strategic plans and strategically leading an organization when you don't have those foundational pieces in place and i was in the middle of developing those uh basically work plans which are strategic plans for all the committees so there's four committees and I was working on a three-year like draft and um, I I was at my one year when all this was happening and the organization had asked uh had an unexpected one-year review and and in that review they'd asked for strategic response to some of the questions and concerns that came up and I didn't even get a chance to present that to them when they let me go. So it really felt like the intent all along for at least the last couple of months was to find 
reasons to let me go. And that was disappointing rather than spending the energy and clarifying their communication and vice versa. I, I take some responsibility in my in what I can own. And that's another thing that I've I really come to to learn about just myself and, and how I interact in the spaces that I'm involved in is I only can control what I say, what I do, what I, you know, and I can only own those things. I can't own what other people choose to do and say. And that is really free. Like I didn't realize, like it's understanding it, but then applying it is, and accepting that that is a reality is so different than just, yeah, I hear what you're saying, uh-huh, 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 and then still not actually apply it. Um, and it's just giving me new strength and new energy and I've, it because it, I'm not wasting it in other areas. So I'm I'm working on some some new ideas uh, that I've had been working on a couple of years ago. I with this unexpected change, there's some opportunities there that I'm exploring. Um, and I'll and I'll review those at a, at a later date. I'm still I'm still figuring it out and just testing it out and see if it feels right with my with with who I am and where I'm at in my life. But I will say, going through this unexpected change would not have been as as not easy, but I don't know. I would have been able to do it as well if I didn't have the love and support of my community. I have friends in the community that checked on me almost every day, just sending their love and their support. They want to be angry for me. <laughs> They're like, what can I say and do? I'm like, nothing. Just, I don't, well, it'll be okay. I appreciate that sentiment, but it'll be okay. Uh, to my family, to my immediate family, just checking in on me on a regular basis and and just letting me know that it's okay to be upset and and that I'm loved and supported. So I'm very grateful for every single one of those individuals. How about you? What's going on with you? Well, not take it, you know, make it all about Holly. You know, let's make it all about <laughs> Yes, me. please, please do. Please so do. Uh, I don't know if Holly's trying to protect me or not, but also part of what happened last Sunday is that I had a family emergency um, where there was a mental health crisis with a family member. Um, so we'll leave it at that. Not, not Dean and not anybody in the immediate area that I had to deal with. So that kind of, that was more what happened on Sunday. Yes, I, I didn't want to, Yeah, we didn't so, talk about um, it before we started the podcast. And so I no. didn't want to no. bring it. Yeah, so it, in yeah. part, there was that. I was ready to rock and roll. Right. Doing, but yes. yeah, whatever. She was just like, it's all about me, whatever. <sighs> so, but, yeah, so, so just remember, check on your loved ones, check on the people um, you hate. You don't want anybody, you know, just check, check on people, make sure they're doing okay. That, Absolutely. you know, wanted to make sure to say, to say that. And then, um, other than that, uh, my life is going really boringly well. Uh, I, um, today, um, oh, we should also say very quickly, even though this is yeah. probably will go out later today, maybe. It will. Yeah. Um, it's it's Mother's Day, so happy happy, happy Mother's, Mother's Day, Day to all, all the true mothers out there, and I mean that with all the kindness in my you know <laughs> no no happy birthday to to all the the moms out there. But since this is a a, a queer podcast, happy Mother's Day, in particular to all the non non binary trans moms who are out there who maybe don't get the recognition or the love they deserve. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So just side note on that. 
Um, other than that, I am um, my boring life goes on with watching um, television. And um, by the way, any of you people who um, are looking for good free entertainment that's more queer centric, look at Tubi. It's a streaming channel and they have a lot, a lot of queer content. And it's a free Tubi. streaming channel. Tubi. Spell T-U-B-I. That for me. Oh. T-U-B-I. Tubi. Okay. Tubi. 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 And they have a lot a lot of of queer queer stuff i'm really impressed with with this station so i don't know why but when i hear the word tubi i picture a teletubby i, I don't know that. why it just i picture a teletubby because they got a little tv in the belly i don't know that's just i i can't explain it it just uh, can't. that's okay <laughs> you be you be you holly it's okay i will, so, I will. <laughs> i'll be the best um, me i can be but i'm <laughs> Really, I am very impressed with it, and they don't edit. I mean, sometimes I think because it does have commercials and all this stuff, every once in a while, it's a weird placement of commercials. I've got warning on that, but I'm impressed with it. There's a lot of queer content there. So just keep that in mind if you're looking for any queer free content that are, for those of us, I think almost everybody is on some form of a budget. So keep that in mind. I'm, I'm really impressed with that station. Um, I'll have to check it out. So... Other than that, right now, I'm finally reading a book that must be, what, 30 years old now? Um, I'm reading um, Midnight, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and it's, um, wow, it's amazing, and it's it's uh, queer identifying, so it's, um, I will say that I started reading the book because I have very bad memories now of the movie because it was kind of the movie that got Kevin Spacey known. And so I've, so it's the, I have very bad connotations with that now because I can't ever watch the movie again. So now I'm reading the book. And so the, the book, I'm really, really impressed with it. So if you've never read the book, I would recommend it people to read this. Um, it's a mystery, which I love. So that helps. But, uh, and if you've read it, give us feedback um, over Twitter or on um, our email or any of that stuff and let us know what you thought of it. So don't spoil it for me. I'm not done with it yet. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, I won't spoil it for you. I, but I am reading two books right now. I'm doing uh, my daily studies of the philosophy of Stoicism. So I'm doing the Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. And then my... I'm still reading the the Aragon series is what I call it, but the second book of the series is called Eldest, and it's by I'm going to mess up his last name, but it's Christopher. I think it's Poloni, P A O L I N I, and he wrote these as a teenager, and they're phenomenal. So I'm I'm in book two right now, and it's it's really good. I I, I haven't come across any known queer characters in the book, but I don't know. It's back too. It's really good though. I'm really, I'm enjoying it. Well, and as we've talked about in past podcasts, uh, a lot of the queer community identifies this. Is, I'm assuming it's a fantasy. It is kind of okay. I've never heard of it, but I just assume because you're reading it quite honestly that it's it's yeah. some fantasy element to it, which yeah. I love too. So 
but the queer community really identifies with that because it does, I mean, and, you know, get all the deep psychological bullshit. Well, it it's accepting, does, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Of all, yeah, oh no, that's just it. It's accepting of all people and it shows, usually a lot of it shows out, outsiders trying to fit in. Um, it, you know, the fact that it, it, a lot of these worlds, not saying this one in particular, but a lot of these worlds have, you know, hobbits with elves and stuff like that all yeah. you know interacting to some degree or another with each other so it it's i mean that's been something that for i mean centuries really the queer mm -hmm. communities have have you know identified to with be able to find reasons. some sort of representation yeah. of that i mean you see that with star trek right um and he, and we've talked about that in our first season where they missed some opportunities uh but we still see that pushing that 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 envelope of discrimination between different groups of people and how they resolve that and how they coexist and how they grow and it's just different elements are are you know depending on where you, what fantasy worlds you're in and in my particular book there's some discrimination between a couple of within like the dwarven communities there's there's different tribes that discriminate against each other because of their beliefs or whatever and so how they navigate that space is is interesting um, and then I've been enjoying the stoicism and I, I really came into that a couple months ago. And I think that was just kind of foundationally helped me kind of these unexpected changes in my life and just looking at the four virtues and, and all aspects of my interactions, right. But whether I'm doing something or something's being done to me, you know, I look at it from perspective of that wisdom, courage, the temperance, justice, and just where do, where does those responses fall and it i've just found it to ring true with who i am so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm exploring it it's i'm very young in the process and but i'm enjoying it i'm enjoying the the just the process of experiencing this world that we live in through these through this lens okay no that's that's no um in all this talk i can't remember um did you know that uh star trek discovery this next season is going to be its last season no but i'm also not surprised because it really i mean it's a great show i've enjoyed it but it really didn't hit a good flow consistently between the between all the series so i'm not i'm not it surprised. didn't which is it's too bad it didn't but um it's uh and i i mean I will say I, I, as much as I enjoyed the show, there were some weak areas and some strong areas, both. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, just like with any show, so yeah. I get it. Um, it's, it's too bad. I love the fact that this show um, has, I love the, the represent representation that it uh -huh. has, that it does. I mean, it explored a lot of things in a very short period of time. And it had a, diver a wide diversity of the character development than I feel like maybe some other shows in the past haven't. Uh, although Strange New World has some hope on that particular front. I really like Strange New World. I'm looking forward to that. It, yeah. it um, I Well, and it's like one of the top it was one uh, from everything we know because streaming things don't show the exact amounts but um yeah it does <laughs> it has at least for 
the metrics of Paramount Plus, which is this, what streams all of Star Trek now, it has certainly helped its metrics. We don't know what those metrics are exactly, but it, it's helped. So that's great. And it's fun and it's enjoyable, which I will say that Star Trek, the last couple shows have gotten away from. So it's kind of fun to see the, the fun and enjoyable aspects. And yes, yeah. there are some very sad episodes of that one too. So, but you know, that's the way, you know, that's the way, that, that's the way things go. Yeah, indeed. Um, Oh, I was going to say, um, are you ready to get into the actual show? Or? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think we're, I think we should jump right into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so I thought we'd start off with a brief history of queer television. And this is really just a real basic, nothing huge, but uh, just to give you an idea where we've gone to now, where um, really, the first true example of a queer character on any television show was on The Family. And their first season, they had a, uh, which would have been 1971, they had a queer um, identifying man who was very, he was gay, but very straight, very manly, and one of Archie Bunker's friends, who uh, you find out almost at the end of the episode is actually a gay man. Um, and treated, they, they did it well. I have to say that On the Family, at some point I'd like to do an episode just on On the Family, that they had uh, overall a really, especially for the time frame, a really good representation of, of queer people. They, they did a couple episodes with, with uh, gay men. They had a lesbian episode. They also did a couple episodes with uh, at the time saying as a transvestite and I guess that he still identified and he was an entertainer but did a really they made um, that person a reoccurring character so um, I think at some point we should on the side note do them um, so we had this great time period in the 70s where we had starting to show some representation of, of queer people a lot of it was you know serial killers and you know the bad but there were some there were some good especially ironically on sitcoms you saw more of that of of more representation like showing with soap uh, yeah. where they had one of the main characters was queer to um they did episodes of uh, there was a short-lived series called hot hell baltimore that had uh, one of the regular cast was queer. They Barney Miller had a reoccurring queer couple on the show, so they did a couple things like that. Then they then you hit AIDS and Reagan. Mm -hmm. Well, and you also you also had um, a lot more women uh, represented in television. There was in the seventies. There was a put, big push on there, and then we also had seventy nineteen seventy two, where we had the abortion rights that's now under attack. Also, and you're right. That time. Oh yeah, no, and I'm I what you know we we did have much more of all all that representation. I and I didn't really get into that part of this because it was sure. queer, really. But you're right. Um, and what's been interesting on that whole note is that at the time, a lot of feminists didn't like th things like Charlie's Angels. Mm -hmm. Now, even though it's a fluff show, it's feminists have come around more to embracing it because it does show beautiful women who are smart so it's 
it's weird how things change through time. Um, again, that's, I don't feel qualified because I'm not a, I'm not a woman and I'm not, you know, right. so, but, um, so I don't know. <laughs> it was just, it was just an interesting, yeah. cause I, you know, cause we were talking about this I, subject and I, I wanted to know a little bit more, you know, when we talk about queer representation, we're looking at how the political landscape and, uh, and just what was going on in our societies at the time, how they were reflected, right? We yeah. had, when, when Reagan was killed and we were going through a war, we had so much reality and just hitting people that we, we had escapism through television that didn't talk about those, su those particular subjects. Like it just wasn't mentioned to, to a, a shift again. So I, it just, it was something I, th I thought was interesting. Oh, and it's something that, um, well, keep in mind too, that the equal rights amendment didn't pass. Um, you know, mm -hmm. that we have, saw all that stuff happen and then you know making very short because the the 70s was a big time of a lot of different changes but then you hit reagan in the 80s where mm -hmm. um and aids all that combined the perfect storm where basically you did not see gay people at all um yeah except in a couple of things like uh you saw some with uh the golden girls we've we've done a couple episodes Which on that about. where mm -hmm. yeah um but and that was it was a safe space to do it because there's older women who you know were non-threatening you know and so it was an easier place to do that and it was mainly dealt with older people because i found as i've gotten older that i am no longer a sexual entity and so people don't really think about dean and i being gay anymore we're just these old men who live together you know so it's it, we don't really face discrimination anymore. We, we did when we were first were together so i think it's a, and granted times have changed too but that's a lot of we're just no longer an entity mm -hmm. a sexual entity but um so then we get up uh through the 90s things are getting a little bit better we've got will and grace uh which now there's a huge backlash a lot of queer people don't like will and grace because they say it was very stereotypical which Yes, it was, but without Will and Grace, we wouldn't have some of the shows that we have today because it did open doors again. So it, just, it goes back and forth on that shit. And it will, mm -hmm. 40 years from now, Will and Grace will probably look down again as a wonderful groundbreaking show, but who knows? Um, um, so then we have, then we get this mainly getting talking up to now. In the last, um, I just wanted to show you that there has been some progression. So we are actually overall in a pretty good place now, but if you look at over the last couple of years, the amount of shows that I'm going to list just a small amount of shows with queer representation that have been canceled. We have uh, Batwoman, which ran from 2019 to 2022 on the CW. We have Dead End Paranormal Park, which was on Netflix, and it just ran for one season, 2022. And I didn't even heard of this one, so I'm going to have to check yeah, it out. I'm going to have to check that out, too. Yeah. Um, we had Fate. The Wink Saga, which ran for two seasons. And this is one of them that is a huge deal because the second season of Fate, the Wink Saga hit the top spot in 76 countries in the first two days of release, yet Netflix decided not to move forward with a third season. Mm. And it's like, what's going on? Um, and I should say a lot of this information I'm getting on this is from Gay Times. Uh, we have First Kill. Um, we have, oh, and that was um, just one season. And another one that did not get a great critical response, 
but was watched globally by over 30 million, had over 30 million hours in the first three days of Netflix. Kind of sounds like it might have been a success and they so canceled it. Wow. We have Gentleman Jack, a series that did run for three seasons. So it did get a better, it did get more. Um, they did, uh, this was an HBO series. And I got to say a side note, I really like HBO Max. It's one of my favorite streamers, but they really don't have a lot of gay representation on that. So it, it, it I keep going, it, it, it hurts me, but I, I still love the, the channel. So, <laughs> so they do have Last of Us, which has wonderful queer representation. So that's good. So um, I didn't know Jack, that. I just started that series and oh. I am... I can't watch it at night. I, this is so fun. Like, I don't mind like scary things in general. I don't watch horror flicks, but this just has a, a touch of it. This one, this as well as Wolfpack, uh, another TV show. I don't think there's some queer representation. Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus. And it's like, I can't watch it. Just, it's, I, I can't ah. watch it at night. <laughs> have, you, have you watched the third episode yet of that one? I have. That to me is one of the best hours of television in the last couple of years. I have to rewatch it because I, I binge watch it during the day. <laughs> the it's the it's the one about the queer couple. Then you haven't watched this. A Wolfpack? No. Last of Us. Oh no. Third I'm on episode. episode. I'm on. I'm halfway through episode two. Wait, wait, third wait. episode is one of the best episodes of any television series in the last couple of years. Okay, Just, well, I'm not yeah. there yet, but I'll hold on yeah. to hope. Move yeah, on. so it's- Sorry I interrupted your, your thing. No. I was, sorry. Oh no, that's just great. <laughs> no, I love it, so. Um, All right, well, also, I'm inspired to, to, to push through. I just, at night, I, yeah. It's, I don't see, like it's scary weird. things jumping out at the screen. And I don't find that one scary. It's really good, but I don't find it scary. So it's interesting what different people- I think, actually, I think part of it is the realism of it, the, because my background in science like i understand how how this could happen right let's say it would happen but it's just it just it scares me the realism of it and i gotta go off the rails here for a minute and and talk about a podcast i just started listening to Uh called the evolution of horror yeah and it kind of talks about that that what scares different people you know they're, they're going through a series of uh, right now, they're going through talking about um, all the slasher films and how that scares some people, but other people just don't find that scary at all. And going through different stuff. And sure, I, sure. I'm oh my god, I'm enjoying that so much. And okay, no, no queer representation on that so far, but I don't care. It's but still, but yeah, I mean, it's, so, I don't. Know. I don't watch it's, everything only whole, queer. There's homophobic <laughs> individuals out there that are terrified. Yeah. Don't drink. Know, the, don't drink the Disney water. I know. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Another got off the rails again. I I have no desire to see the live action version of The Little Mermaid. The Little Mermaid is one of my favorite animated movies ever. I'm so excited for it. But I'm going to go watch it in the movie theater just because of the fucking assholes who are so upset that... that Can we go that... together? Okay, sure. Well, all okay. four of us will go and we'll... That would be so, so great. Yeah, right. but yeah, because it's I, I want to go see this just for those fucking... Uh, Aryan nation assholes are having a problem with a fictional character being changed from white to, to African-American. Like, oh, oh my God. 
it just Whatever. anyway so anyway, yeah so anyway um, i'm just looking forward to to so much about it and we'll talk about it later anyway it's great so getting, getting back on the rails yeah so uh <laughs> gossip girl another show canceled on hbo max uh it ran for <coughs> oh it's contagious we're recording in separate locations and still like i somehow affect him i know it's good um it ran for two seasons on hbo max um got great not great reviews but from everything we know a lot of, again we don't get any true metrics so we don't know for sure but everything we heard it got really good ratings and canceled um and this is one that i have not heard of another one that i have to watch called half bad the bastard son the devil himself oh never heard of that either it was one season. It's based on Sally Green's novel, Half Bad, The Bastard, and the Devil Himself Follows It. Titler, 16-year-old bastard Nathan, the illegitimate son of the world's most dangerous witch, whose birthright lands him smack dab in the middle of an ancient war within the witch community. That alone says I have to watch it. So um, okay. I need to check it out. One season. The L word, Generation Q. It did get uh, two seasons. Um, critical favorite. It was the uh, the next step in the old the L word. Um, great critical uh, response. Everything we understand. It did great in the ratings. Two seasons. No explanation was canceled. Uh, Legacies, which is uh, one of the longest running shows we have on this list. It was. Again, I didn't watch it. I probably have no desire to watch it. It's a spinoff from The Vampire Diaries, just so not one oh, I would. So, but uh, yeah, it's, but um, it hit the the demographic of the young people, which I'm not young. I'm old, and you're old now too. So, oh, but, um, shut it. So it did. It did get four seasons, and it was on the CW. Um, we have Love Victor, um, a show that got two seasons huge i don't know if you saw the stuff on that one disney plus was originally going to do it but they've realized it didn't fit their standards without changing you, if you've never watched it you should watch it because the first both seasons are on hulu the the first season nothing was changed about it and obviously the only reason that disney did not want it on their on disney plus was because of the that it was about a gay love story that was the, there was nothing at all salacious about this show Mm. So it irritates the holy fuck out of me. They've got a big, <laughs> not that you could tell, I know, but um, so uh, another one, One of Us is Lying. It is getting a total of, it got two seasons, even though everything you read, it was a critical darling and it was doing, it did well in the metrics. It's not coming back for a third season. Okay. We have Queer Force, one season. We have Queer as Folk, one season on Peacock. What I'm year really... is there? Are these going in chrono like the last couple of years? Uh, this is I, this is for the last three years total. Just the last, the last three, three years, years total. Okay. And that, all of, of them, shows in the last three years that have been canceled. And all of these have been canceled in the 22-23 year. Okay, which is so interesting. These, yeah. So which I'll get into why. In yeah, Qu queers folk which is a reimagining of the Russell T. Davies groundbreaking British drama of the same name, uh, lasted one season. And every critic raved on this show. From everything I understand, it did amazing in the ratings. 
one season. Hmm. Smiley. I love this show, by the way. Netflix, if you haven't watched it, you should. But it only got one season. But it really, one season was enough. It was it was a wonderful show, but once I, I get maybe why that was one season. It was kind of a limited series, I think. Okay. Uncoupled was canceled at Netflix, but had then almost immediately was taken up by Showtime. So we get a new season of Uncoupled, which it fits in my demographic. So out of 50-year-old gay man, so I'm I'm happy. And it's Neil Patrick Harris, who I think is adorable. So, you know, come on. I, I think he's adorable too. Very talented. Yeah. Um, Van- Vampire Academy got one season. 2022. Warrior Nun got two seasons. Well, they pushed for that second season. Oh, yeah. And they're pushing still for more. It's not going to happen. <laughs> unless it happens on, an- on another platform. It's it's done at Netflix. So, yeah. The Wilds got two seasons, and it was nominated for Outstanding Drama Series at the Glad Media Awards. Two seasons. Work in Progress. If you've not watched Work in Progress, watch it. It is one of the best shows you will ever see. It was on for um, two seasons. It was 2019 to 2022. Only two seasons. And that's just, I'm not going to, that's just a little bit. And that represents 25% of what, of, of the, of the queer representation. So that says a lot, actually, but that, that's how much queer representation we have in that process. So I need to find, get to my notes here. La, 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 la. So how many, while you look that up, so how many shows total in the three years were canceled that are queer? You said 22%. 24%. 24%. And that's actually not all of them. We also had Riverdale, A League of Their Own, Nancy Drew, New Amsterdam, Westworld, Reboot, Picard, Star Trek Discovery, Work in Progress, The Wilds, Warrior Picard Nine. wasn't canceled, though. It ended. He he ended that. But it's still ending. Oh, So okay. this is even, we're talking about Riverdale lasted for seven seasons, but it's still ending. So of the show of those numbers, do you know how many were actually canceled before they were? All those except for the two, Star Trek Discovery and Riverdale. Everything else was canceled. It was canceled. Okay. Yeah. So everything else was canceled. Okay. And even though A League of Their Own is getting a second season, I included it because it's getting a limited four episode season that then it's ending. Yeah. That is a true critical darling. Every critic loves it. And what they love about it is not as much the baseball side of it, but the queer storylines. And uh, if you notice, Amazon Prime very much has a hard time with queer stories. They seem not to, the queer stories don't seem to last on Amazon Prime. But all their Jack Bryan stuff, which I also love, seems to be the stuff that makes it there. Lord of the Rings, uh, the new Lord of the Rings series, which I like, there's no queer storyline to it. And I get it. There's not really a lot of any kind of sexual stories to it. It's it's their number one show. So I get where they're going. But um, so in doing all this, many of these shows helped start new streaming channels. It gave them word of mouth. It gave them some headline making things. Um, in particular, looking at Peacock, HBO Max, and Paramount Plus, all these shows came, a lot of these shows came from those two, those three streaming stations that really helped 
get their names out. So they didn't mind using for headlines, but now are ending the shows because they're saying that they're 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 not getting uh, they're not getting the numbers they need. Or sometimes just not splash now, they're just ending. Mm-hmm. This again, and I'm the wrong person to talk about it, so I'm just gonna say it equates to me to like when Fox uh, first started or when um, UPN first started or the WB first started, they really focused in the African American communities to get their names out and get that little that get that group of people watching it. And once they started watching it and they started never started to increase, they then started switching to, you know, all white heterosexual shows. And this you can sort of see the same thing with a lot of the streamers doing the exact same thing. They get they get their name out there and once it seems that we're getting someplace with some queer representation, these these uh, streaming platforms have gone away from queer materials mentioned and gone to straight more straight white male shows. Which okay. Is, okay. Which is interesting. No, your turn. <laughs> which is interesting. So I was because I, I was looking at, you know, what's what kind of lands what was changing in the landscape while this was happening. And you have to go back just a little bit, but I won't go too far. I'm just gonna highlight that. But I will say that in a in a study called Political Legacy of Entertainment TV, it showed uh, it found that individuals exposed to TV, entertainment TV, as children were less cognitively sophisticated and civic-minded as adults and ultimately were more vulnerable to political rhetoric. And then I was reading another one that just kind of did the, the, the history of broadcast in general. And it and I mentioned a little bit earlier when, when I was talking about um, in the 60s when Kennedy was assassinated all the way through Lee Harvey Oswald being killed. I mean, this, the show, TV was just following every single step of that. And I mean, thousands and thousands of people were following and watching TV. So, of course, ratings went up, which tells the industry, hey, we should do more of this. But also we had this, the Cold War between the U.S. and Soviet Union in the years that followed after that which really pushed people to have escapism through television and, and situational comedies, or as we call them, sitcom for short, really started to boom all the way through the 70s, which you talked about briefly about how we saw a lot more representation in the 70s. And I was talking about women as well. Is like we saw, we saw a lot of women, single parenthood and divorce being portrayed in this, in this environment going through the 70s still in that little bit of that escapism because we were still having a lot of reality shows in 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 movie not movies uh news broadcast and then we get into this the 90s and the early 20s early 2000s excuse me where we see more of that niched market happen in the fragmented audience where television starts reflecting even more of those cultural values and, and I think it's where you were kind of talking about how it's used to bring people in and then it changes to this heteronormative white culture. And I, I question whether or not that's intentional in terms of, of, of manipulating the of people like, okay, now that we've showed people that were, that were queer friendly or racial friendly or whatever friendly now we're going to start pumping our values 
through through this media that we've now created this interest in where we because you know what i'm talking about how you say oh well we what did you say it was fox un fox upn and wb were the ones WB, I was right example. that really targeted a positive black culture right it was going it was really focusing on the african-american culture and then once it started to get their viewings and their ratings up it then went very white heteronormative and yeah. now likening to that to the queer um shows we had so many so many shows booming in what i would say like 2016 to 21 ish we saw a huge boom in lesbian gay bisexual or transgender characters um and still it only accounted for three percent well it accounted for three percent in the early 2000s but it bumped up quite a bit and i want to say i can't find the study now it was like 26 percent. it bumped up and now we're seeing since two since 21 we had over 200 laws introduced in the states that were anti-lgbtq and just recently like i want to say yeah it was april 2023 we had 417 laws that were anti-lgbtq that were introduced at state legislators it's now today over 650 650 anti-LGBTQ bills have been introduced in state legislators across the United States. Now, I'm saying that because it was record-breaking in 22, how, how many laws that were introduced. It was record-breaking in 21 in terms of how many of those laws were introduced. So in the three years of the shows you're talking about that were canceled, we have had year after year of record-breaking laws introduced at state legislatures across the U.S. And it, I feel there's a corresponding reflection of that in our shows, much like we were seeing in the Cold War or the assassination of Kennedy or what, you know the changing landscape. When we had all these things that were going on, we saw these escapism shows not reflecting that because so much of it was playing out in the in the legal and in the news sense because it was constantly in their face and so shows like the ones you mentioned are not being showed as much because so much controversy is happening around it and i don't i think these networks just don't want to deal with it they don't want to be pulled into it they want to continue to be in that escapism and continue just not to reflect that well that's so can i it's still going on so I think part of that is, <laughs> if you don't mind me saying that, I Please. think a lot of that is that in the end, it gets down to the almighty dollar. Mm -hmm. If if the, remember, the queer community, it depends on the reports you read, is anywhere from 10 to 19%. So it's going to take a lot for us to have the buying power of the of the straight quote-unquote community mm -hmm. so in the end it's the almighty dollar the business is gonna go where the biggest dollars are had and sadly if you look at demographics 
the richer people are overall, not everybody, but overall are more Republican leaning that way. So they're going to go towards that dollar. That's It's all business is what's going on here. And I get that to a degree, but sorry. Okay, I'll let you go back to your talking. Uh, no, I, I, that, I, that's basically what I was getting down to. Oh, I'm that. sorry. Okay. No, you're good. This is why we do our shows. You know, I, I, I love that we can hit these things together and from different perspectives. And I like doing these shows. Can and I say it's the only thing we'll ever hit together? Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> wow. Anyway, as I was saying, for that weird mic clip just dropped, uh, I get to learn about shows I haven't watched, mm -hmm. and we get to share that with our audience because I'm sure there are some that people hadn't heard about. So it's it's a chance for us to go and and look at those elements or those shows. Excuse me. Um, but it is. I just I found it super interesting, and, and I said in the last three years it was record breaking. It's actually been since 2018. 2018, we had 42 laws that were introduced that were um, anti-LGBT, you know, just, L, L, sorry, LGBTQ. So it was just a lot of bills that are just targeting our queer communities. We had 42. We had in 2019, 51. In 2020, 77. 21. In 21, we had 50, 154. 22, 180. This year so far, oh, 650. And it's just insane. And these really started when we had the change in the in women's rights. When women's rights were attacked and we lost the, those rights with this with the Supreme Court, it just absolutely wreaked havoc across our country. And we've seen yeah. this happen over and over again where we have these laws that target our civil liberties, our rights as human beings, we, we inevitably will win. We will fight through this and we will win, but there will be a lot of pain through that process and possibly even more division unless we can bring somehow bring ourselves back in, in some sort of unity in this just ever-changing landscape that is our country right now. Um, you're, you're right. And I, whew, so you've, you're hitting some very strong points and I'm going to lighten it up. I, at the moment, don't mean to, but going over just some actual true figures that show the decrease in the, in the amount of, from the 20, the 22, 23 season. Okay. Um, this year, GLAAD counted 659 series regulars set to appear on scripted primetime broadcast series for the 22-23 season. Of those, 70, 10.6% are LGBTQ. This is a decrease of 22 characters and 1.3% from last year. There are an additional 31 LGBTQ recurring characters counted, bringing the total to 101 LGBTQ characters on broadcast, an overall decrease of 40 characters from the previous year. On primetime scripted cable, GLAAD counted 86 regular queer characters and 53 queer reoccurring characters, bringing the total to 139 queer characters. That's an increase of one character from the previous year. So one, <laughs> one over the previous year, and that's with more streaming channels going. 
On the streaming services, Apple TV+, Amazon Prime, Disney+, HBO Max, Hulu, Netflix, Paramount, and Peacock. Glad counted 239 series regular uh, queer characters and 117 queer reoccurring characters, bringing the total to 356 queer characters. That's a decrease of two characters from the previous year. Keeping in mind, there's more streaming channels and it's gone down two. Eight characters, 1.3% are were counted as living with HIV. Of the 596 queer characters found across all platforms, there were 32 transgender characters found in this report. That's 5.4% of the characters. Of those, there were 16 trans women, 11 trans men, and five trans non-binary characters. Of the 596 queer characters, 149, 25% are bisexual, a decrease of 4% from last year's study. This group made up of 39 men, 104 women, and six non-binary characters, which is the way that always goes because it's very easy to accept a woman having a glass of wine and having a sexual experience, but it's hard for them to picture a man who's heteronormative having a, you know, having a beer and then having a, a gay sex experience. So that makes a lot of sense. Over half the queer characters across platforms were people of color, which is great. With 304 out of the 596, 51% of all queer characters being people of color, which is great. There were 27 queer characters, 4.5% of the queer characters in this report counted with a disability. Of all the queer characters, 175 will not be returning due to series cancellation endings, many series of dolly format or a character dying or leaving the show. Of those 140 characters more returned due to specific this uh, due specifically to serious cancellations or otherwise ending. Okay, I got I, I spewed all that information. Yeah, there so. was a lot that you spewed there. So what what we'll do is we'll put this in our show notes, the the link to the article, so that you can read what he just said because I caught small bits of what you just said, only it's because you're reading yeah. it so fast that I wasn't connecting some of the things you were saying. So. Um, but it's it, it's obviously it's important reflection in terms of just the data representing the conversation that we're having. It's we are down twenty nine percent from the previous year is what it really all the basics gets down to. We're down twenty nine percent. And how many laws were enacted last year? Did you say? Uh, well, last year not enacted. Um, well, yeah, they're being but... proposed being proposed i just wanted to put that i thank you yeah. for saying, being proposed legislatively at 140 last year 100 sorry okay. 180 last year and we're at 650 and then on top of that 283 are educational bills that are related um in terms of just pushing all kinds of really good materials out of schools and whitewashing the entire thing from histories of wars to god everything queer representation i mean just it's mind-boggling the shit that's happening in our schools right now anyway topic for another day all right well you know or now but yeah no i get where you know it's um so as we're showing the correlation is scary. When you look at the numbers I quoted, it doesn't seem as scary as the numbers Holly quoted. But when you think about it, 29% of the 
of the queer characters were lost when we have more streaming channels than we used to. 29 percent. A a little over a quarter of the queer characters are gone. (coughs) And we look at the new season coming up, broadcast mainly because they're the ones who saw the season. From everything that I'm looking, there aren't really any queer characters on these shows. Mm-hmm. There might be that I haven't seen, so I don't want to completely, but I I don't see them when they're talking about these shows. So um, I will keep everybody updated on that. Yeah, I and I think it. I think you're right. It's just kind of following in that escapism versus what's happening in the re, in our world at the time. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on that and continue to support those shows that just all representation you know it's not i i appreciate shows that show all walks of life so i'm not saying don't i wouldn't support like a heteronormative show um or shows where they're all white characters or whatever i want to see representation of all of our communities from muslim to jewish black white all of it. I want to. I want to see all of that because that's reflective of who we are as a people. Um, but yeah, I think it's. I think this is important to continue to to monitor that. And at like I said, we'll drop the links to some of these articles that we've mentioned in our notes. So please take a look at that. And if you you know hear anything that you would like to share with us, please contact us through any one of our social media outlets, as well as our email, cornundrum at cornundrum.com. So with that, happy Mother's Day. And until next time, be well. And be queer, you wonderful motherfuckers. (laughs) Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. At Conundrum Podcast. And email us at Queernundrum at Queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer.